Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, we're here today. We're going to talk to you a little bit about travel, like we discussed a little bit last week. Uh, we're going to go into what we like about Savannah. We're all from that area, so I think we all have some pretty good insight of what you can expect, uh, what you can see. Um, I'm one of your hosts today. I'm Andrew. I'm Tim. I'm Matt. All right. So uh, before we get started, what are you guys drinking? Matt, you want to give us a start? Sure. I am drinking an alcohol now known as soju from South Korea. And this is from the company General. And this is uh, typically soju from my experience is um, like a clear liquor that similar to vodka, where you can mix it with different uh, flavored drinks. But this one is already mixed for me. It's a strawberry flavor. Uh, so you would typically mix soju? You wouldn't just drink it straight? In a, when I was in South Korea, yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so this one that was bought for me for my birthday. And um, I haven't drank it since then. <laughs> <laughs> I feel kind of bad about so, it. So uh, I'm finally getting to it. It's currently August. When's your birthday? May. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And a little known fact about me I actually used to teach English at a soju factory. Oh, nice. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, and I used to hang out with the the CEO. I'm not sure if it was a CEO, but he was like the the head honcho there. People were Wait, like when, you, when you taught there, did were you teaching there because people were paying you to, or did you just show up, started drinking, started teaching English? <laughs> Mixable. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't get paid monetarily. I got paid in soju. <laughs> and um, I was kind of, I I was a volunteer there via my base. I don't think it was official. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how I got there. And uh, I just like, I wound up teaching the, the scientists there who were designed new flavors. And I would okay. teach in their board, in their boardroom. But I was pretty much their, their dancing monkey. And so the, are, are there different qualities of soju like there is with sake? Is there like a Daiginjo Junmai? I'm not the, quite the person to ask that. <laughs> okay. Just, no, okay. <laughs> I would fair. just drink it and get drunk. Yeah, what you got, Tim? Why else would you oh, be drinking? Oh, yeah, please. So, so for the record, let it be known, Matt is drinking at 8 a.m. Oh, yeah, that's yes. true. Yeah. Guys, he's a trooper here. Like, Tim and I are coming in at, like, night when you're supposed to be drinking and then pass out. Matt's starting his day. Right. Yes. And my, my father-in-law was giving me some stares and looks as <laughs> so I was taking this out of the fridge. <laughs> Silently, Johnny to me. <laughs> yeah. So what's it taste like? Actually, it tastes pretty nice. Okay. Yeah. I can drink this straight. Well, what's it taste like, though? Like, it tastes like strawberry? Does it taste like your reg regular soju? What do you expect from regular soju? I I have a nostalgic feeling towards just plain soju. Mm -hmm. But every time I drink it, I, I always remember, actually, I don't really care, like it that much. <laughs> Unless it's mixed with something. Uh, it's kind of like vodka for me in that way. But... um. It tastes like strawberry juice. <laughs> okay. Like no. alcoholic strawberry juice. You know, the first time I had soju was actually with you guys when uh, we met with you guys at the Honey Pig. You remember that? And soju, you, you had mentioned vodka, but I don't think vodka is a good comparison to soju because soju is so light that you can sit there and drink it, drink it as if it was water. And the next thing you know, after you've downed like five bottles of soju, 
<laughs> You're making an ass out of yourself. In public. Singing Hakuna Matata. Yeah, right. That was sake, though. That was sake. Oh, yeah. sake, sake, yeah. yeah. Right. All right. Or right. what about you, Tim? All right. So uh, my my beverage today is ass backwards, right? It's understandable that Matt brought soju to the table because he's coming from Singapore. Last week, I brought uh, moonshine to the table, but today I'm bringing sake to the table <laughs> for the lighter fare. Hey, now, I know that one. Yeah, of course. Everybody knows this one. Uh, maybe not by name, but this is uh, the the bottom of the barrel gekikan sake that you usually get as your hot sake at your typical Japanese restaurant. You know, it's almost 16% by volume. So it's a pretty loaded drink, uh, but it's really smooth, right? Usually people drink it hot because you throw it in the microwave, you throw it in the warmer. And unlike the finer sakes, you drink it hot because it's supposed to deter your taste buds away from the impurities of sake but here i'm not even drinking heated too lazy to do that but it's smooth is it oh yeah it's much smoother than uh vodka right and of course yeah. it's only 16 percent by volume but it's easier to drink i can sit here and drink out of the bottle uh brown bag it on the on the street corner and you know just have a good old time uh like the soju you know like like soju sake is the same way right it's so smooth even the bad and cheap sake, like the Gekikan I'm drinking right now. And of course, Gekikan makes uh, uh, Junmai and Daigenjo or whatever else they call the higher-end sake. But um, they're all really good. And you can drink a lot of it before you actually really feel the effects of the sake or the soju and get drunk by the time you, before you know it. So what do you got to the table, man? Doesn't look like you brought anything Asian to the table here today. No, I actually got this on my last trip. So I thought it was fitting. I went to Puerto Rico and I brought back Don Coop. Oh, um, it's a rum from, I can't get that. It's a rum from, uh, Puerto Rico. Um, it says 2007 limited edition. Uh, I will say that Donku makes probably the, probably the best rum I've ever had. Um, just don't buy this one. Uh, literally just buy the regular Donku that you get at your store. Like I, I saw this one. I was like, Ooh, 2007, this must be fancy. Not that great. Hmm. Um, well, we're not rum drinkers, though, are we? Uh, I, I've slowly turned into one after I, I've married a Puerto Rican and been adopted into a Puerto Rican family. They have introduced me to good rum. Um, like uh, I told them my experience with rum was limited to Captain Morgan and um, they hit me hard. So they got me to taste good rum. And I, I mean, I, I fell in love with Donku. Interesting. You're such a passion. I, uh, I enjoy Bacardi. Bacardi's also from Puerto Rico. Kidding, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what does that? So what does that bottle of Don Coo taste like? So uh, for us Americans, we're drinking Captain Morgan's or Bacardi, right? And they're they're really sweet, um, yep. and it's sometimes a little bit thick in the mouth. Uh, what's that Don Coo taste like? Uh, honestly, it's the it, you you hit the nail on the head. Um, I, I would say that it's it's got a very thick filling. It's got a light color, um, kind of a very light tea. Um, hold it up, actually, it's sweet, but I wouldn't quite say like old fashioned kind of sweet. It, it reminds me a lot of an old fashioned because of the sweetness, but it's more like tasting vanilla kind of sweet. It doesn't taste like there's a ton of sugar. It just tastes like it's a dessert that you're drinking. Um, I, I would, th this probably goes really good with a nice cigar to be honest with you. Uh, something that's something that's smoky, something that's like um, 
overwhelms the senses like right. something super salty so like whatever you need to like round it out this would be a good way to round out something um it's really good honestly I, I think this would be good but if you uh for those of you who like to smoke if you like eating the bark after you're done smoking of your uh, boston butt um this would pair well with that especially if you like the uh um that paprika kind of style rub on your butt this this would pair well with that so give it a shot. I really like Donku. Highly recommend them. Uh, really good. Yeah, I, I think I'll give it a try. I usually don't drink rum anymore. I used to a lot. But uh, uh be honest with you, if I wanted something thick and syrupy, I'd stick with Robitussin. But <laughs> Donku would be a, a nice This change. is slightly better. Uh, slightly better. Yeah. Uh, doesn't, doesn't quite get rid of the cold as fast, but it'll clear your sinuses. Uh, so there's something. All right, bro. What so, you got for us? So, uh, yeah, like I was saying, like, this is from my last trip. Um, I think traveling is super important uh, as, as, as our cultures start to blend together more. Um, understanding our roots before we venture out and try to understand what a culture it is, is super important, especially as a lot of us are being stuck at home. Um, traveling itself, as a word, just like bringing it down, is, has interesting roots it's got uh it's either from middle english or old french and the word actually meant uh turmoil like work it was like strenuous exercise uh and and it's because traveling itself dates back to antiquity so we go back to the roman period and you'll um you'll note that the rich people were able to travel but the travel itself was for the purpose of education or trade and when they did it, there was the risk of death, and that was almost a certainty when they did it. Um, then from, from the Roman era, you can fast forward to around 1492, just as an example, um, and you have Columbus selling from Spain to the Americas. That trip took 10 weeks um, just to get from Spain to uh, the Americas, which he landed somewhere in the Caribbeans, but we give him credit for the rest of North America. Um, he found rum. <laughs> he did find rum. Um, and then like going, going from that 10 week trip, 300 years later, you have the trip from England to the United States. Well, what will be the United States. Uh, you have General Orgothrope actually coming from England to South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, the trip was momentous, at least to us three here, because he went to Charleston to find uh, or to create a, to create the colony that we now know as Georgia. Um, Georgia is the last colony to be found before um, uh, the revolution. And the, the city that Overthope finds the first is, uh, finds first is Savannah. He actually goes from Charleston to Savannah, which is roughly a hundred-ish miles, takes you about a two-hour drive. Uh, it took him seven days six or seven days to get from Charleston, South Carolina to Savannah, Georgia, um, where he decided to make the first city ever in Georgia. And that's Savannah, Georgia is the first city to ever be there. Um, that trip today, like I was saying, roughly two hours. It's crazy. The, 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 what I'm getting at, um, and just for context, we went from uh, a 10 week trip to a eight week trip from England to the Americas, uh, and then an eight hour or uh, an eight day trip, six to eight day trip to a two hour trip. From 1900s, we get to flight. 
uh, that flight brings that Spanish trip to the Americas down significantly, less than a day. Uh, from there, you go to space in 1961, and you know you have your first civilian flight to space just a couple of months ago in July. Travel today has become so cheap uh, and so inexpensive, and we don't think about death anymore. Um, that it's almost a shame not to do it. So you should keep it at some point, like keep it part of your life. Keep doing it, schedule it. It's good for you and it's good for growing who you are. It's you know, important. Uh, sorry, go ahead. It, it's, it, like, it's important to remember that traveling itself, the essence of traveling has never changed. We do it for the education. We do it for the experience of the culture. We do it for trade. Um, and with that in mind, I thought it was important for us to talk about where we came from so you guys could understand why we think where we came from was important. And maybe you can come over here and learn for yourself. Um, of course, I think two of us, all, all three of us don't live there anymore, but I think we all admire that city still. Uh, what were you saying, Ted? Uh, no, I was saying uh, it was just 30 years ago when I traveled out west and uh, my crew kept on dying of dysentery. And my ox kept dying and my wagon wheel kept breaking. But that was Oregon Trail. Um, yes. Today's much Still got both your kids. Yeah. Today, you know, I, I know you're not going to get into Charleston today, Andy. Uh, but I think it is worth mentioning before we get into Savannah that Charleston and Savannah is something that we consider sister cities, right? They're very yep. similar. But uh, all right, man, back to you. Let's, uh, let's get into it. So I, I thought we'd start off with talking about our favorite parts of Savannah. Um, just uh, whether it's food, attraction, entertainment, a really good memory. Uh, what's, what's the thing you think about first when you think about Savannah? Tim, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, Savannah's got a lot of tourist traps and that the locals spend a lot of time there too. Uh, the river in Savannah brings a lot of tourists into town and at the same time brings a lot of good food good shops, good drinking experience, and good parties downtown. Uh, but the thing is, is that that's where, that's not where my memory in Savannah belies. My memory of Savannah and going to Savannah is experiencing the natural outdoors of Savannah, of the Atlantic Oceans, of the East Coast Barrier Island Marsh, going out there doing fishing, shrimping, crabbing, and really enjoying nature in Savannah for what it is when the mosquitoes aren't sucking your blood dry, right? Because Savannah is, it's, it's it, naturally, it's fantastic. And you look at Savannah and the different barrier islands that are around Savannah, that type of landscape is very unique to the southeastern part of the United States that you typically don't find anywhere else. We go down to the Gulf Coast a lot, uh, which is just the opposite side of Savannah, adjacent to it, and you, you can't find any marsh there, right? There's no uh, marsh mud. There's no extreme tides that you see in the Atlantic that you do. Uh, you don't see that in Pensacola that you see in the Atlantic. But the thing is, is that if you understand how to go in Savannah, if you're a tourist and say, you know, you well, we'll talk about tourism later. But my favorite part about Savannah is really the natural offerings that it gives. Right. It, you, you can be in Savannah and not have the greatest paying job in the world. And you can still feed your family because you have access to the freshest seafood that you can find. And, and it's really great seafood. And that's that's the best thing about Savannah to me, man. I like it. And I love the food. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely there with you. Like Savannah's food. Ugh. 
I mean, it, it's it's the root of what I know to be good food. So everything else I know about the culinary universe probably starts from Savannah. Um, not a bad foundation, in my opinion. But yeah, no, I like it. What about you, Matt? My experience with Savannah is kind of different. I feel like from probably you guys were in a sense of, I actually never really got a chance to really explore Savannah, even though I live right next to it and I've been there so many times. <laughs> uh, what's that? What do you mean by you live next to Savannah? I live, you know, lived about a 45 minute drive. I was, I will say, is it 40 minutes? Okay. Uh, in Hinesville, yeah. Georgia. 30 to 45, yeah. yeah. So, so I know this isn't about Hinesville, but what's so special about Hinesville, man? Because as Americans, we need to know. <laughs> what, what's on Hinesville? Nothing. Oh, God. All right. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah, what? <laughs> it's the Rock of the Marne. Come on. <laughs> They're in Savannah, too, to be fair. Yeah. Come on. All right. Okay. All right. So when I first moved to Hinesville, there was literally almost nothing in Hinesville when I first moved there, when I was eight years old. And it was just a military base with a sprinkling of neighborhoods around. And it's, it's kind of grown over time. I haven't been there in a while, so I don't have too much knowledge what it's currently like. But I remember when I first moved there, it was a big deal when one restaurant opened. When like Shoney, mm -hmm. like Shoney's or Applebee's, when Applebee's came to Hinesville, that was huge. Oh, that was huge. That <laughs> yes. was massive. We even yes. got another red light for that, I think. <laughs> really? That was pretty good. You got another red. Yeah. Wow! Wow! wow. <laughs> <laughs> we came from a small city. <laughs> yes. I tell people uh, it's only like three three roads well, what about to Savannah, Hinesville. Man? That's it. Uh, how much time so, have you spent in Savannah? It wasn't like. It, we would go there almost every other weekend. But I feel like our experience with my family, at least, is growing up, we only went to a few places. We went to the mall, went to the theater, or we went to, uh, is it Riverwalk? Or River Street? River Street. River Street. Went to River Street. And <laughs> I never really had a chance. I just thought that was all of, uh, all of Savannah my whole life. Uh, <laughs> Those Matt, just few uh, places. I want to apologize on, uh, to you from myself and on Andy's behalf, yeah, why that's, that's did we bad. never take Matt downtown with us? We've we we've taken him to you. We, we, I've, been, sure. I've been banned from a restaurant with you guys before. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't downtown. <laughs> yeah, I think that was no. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what downtown Savannah is like. To be honest, ouch! I'm sorry. Yeah, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess we never. We we went to Tybee. We went to Tybee. Perhaps we need to make a well. You know, we had a good time there in Tybee, all mm -hmm. the three of us, right? With uh, with Andy's uh, wedding there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so you did get to see that. Yeah. Um, cool, Andy. What about cool. you, man? So I, I think uh, for me, Savannah. I, I guess it's kind of a memory. It's also the same about food. So I have, and as these guys here know, like I have a, um, an inordinate, uh, I guess, satisfaction with food. Like I love food. I love reading about food. I love cooking food, um, the whole nine yards. And for me, where all that started was in Savannah. Um, I don't know if you'd find a lot of people in the culinary world who say that Savannah is like, you know, the food Mecca. 
Um, but for me, it was like when I grew up in that area, the first time I had Japanese food was um, Kyoto. Uh, I had, Kyoto's long gone, but Kyoto was a hibachi restaurant next to Home Depot and Lowe's, I think, or Office Depot or something. Like it was just in the middle of this little shopping district. It had no right to be there, but I liked it. It was my first ever experience and it was basically fried rice and filet mignon and shrimp done very poorly in hindsight but it was my introduction um and then uh like that was grade school i learned about seafood because of savannah i learned about seafood because of southeast georgia um that's probably a whole different topic um and i uh the first time i ever had oysters was with uh tin here he uh, introduced me to them loved them uh and all these memories all just things I got to do in Savannah. And I'll never forget, like most of the food has its basis for me in Savannah because there was just so many experiences to be had. Um, I think those experiences are still there. If you're interested in learning about the culinary, you'll, you'll find tons and tons of food tours in Savannah. Um, and they'll take you to all sorts of things that you want. Don't, I wouldn't waste your time with the ones that you see on Food Network. Um, the, especially the ones that sell Southern food and pretend to sell Southern food, the ones that sell good Southern food probably haven't been seen on Food Network. Um, and I, I'm sure we'll get into them as we go through here. So I, I hope you get into food later, Andy, but uh, I want to kind of, kind of respond and dig out a little bit more about what you love about Savannah. What's your favorite thing about Savannah? You know, you had mentioned that to you, Savannah was a food mecca, and you don't really, you weren't really sure if that's what's considered a food mecca. And as you two know, and you guys who are listening to IPS now may or may not know, is that I spent a lot of my time in the food and beverage industry and fine dining and different types of restaurant uh, environments. And I think Savannah is a fantastic food city. Uh, you can't find the crazy celebrity chefs in savannah that you would in say atlanta or dallas or la but what you can find in savannah is you can find amazing amazing food of different cultures without the pretension you know you come to the metropolitan area and it's very pretentious you come to savannah and you can go into the most fine of fine dining places and wear flip-flops and shorts because it's a it's an it's a barrier island and, and beach town it's a coastal town and and that's who who we were right and and the food was fantastic you you could get southern flair or you could go and get authentic japanese food not get at kyoto's but you know we we yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> was one of the most popular spots in savannah for authentic japanese food and the food continued to pour in as people start to identify savannah as this major food mecca that you can come in and really get good food and beverage but the great thing about savannah was that you didn't have to end your night there right if i went out and ate in atlanta we're Ubering all over the place, either that or we can't drink and we're driving to different spots. And once we're drunk, the night's done or we're calling an Uber in Savannah. We, us in New Orleans, we are the soul, the whole idea behind drinking on the streets legally. Yep. And, and that's, that's the beauty of Savannah's is that we were able to enjoy the social scene of being able to enjoy good food, great food 
and being in the bars and walking without getting lost or being in dangerous areas and having a hell of a time for an entire weekend eating and drinking and dining and just pleasing our stomachs without having to worry about anything because of the laws that we had there um and you know this is this is a really fun point to talk about too when you're visiting savannah like you'll notice a lot of the bars they're going to have dixie cups next to the doorways out and those dixie cups are literally for you to grab pour your alcoholic drink in drop off the glass and go outside because it's legal to do that in downtown savannah um the cool thing about savannah is if you decide to do those things that tin myself and matt did for such a long time you can just have fun without ever getting into an Uber. You can take your drink out. You can walk over to, what was it? Is it um, Alligator Soul? Yeah. Um, so th- there, there's there's tons of bars and just food there. And you can, they're all pretty close to River Street. It's all pretty walkable if you feel like walking it. Um, it's fairly safe. I wouldn't recommend going during St. Patrick's Day just because it's super busy unless you just want to get drunk and go and get in a fight. But um pretty awesome place uh like so is this all connected is this all connected or near river River no no no. see see, matt matt's matt's asking a good question right because here's the thing about savannah that i think andy you're trying to get to is is that savannah has something that's special that probably no other city in the united states have it's built on a grid it's basically a piece of graph paper Everything is built on squares. You can't get lost in Savannah because everything meets with everything else and everything is perpendicular or parallel to each other. So when you go downtown, you're going from square to square to square and it doesn't matter if you're on Abercorn or if you're on, uh, what's the other one uh, that runs parallel to Abercorn? Is it White Bluff and Bull Street? Right, Bull Street, Street. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going straight into the suburbs of, savannah but when you're downtown savannah you're in a grid system that quite frankly even if you're a tourist and you've never been to savannah before you know exactly where you can stay where your boundaries are Mm -hmm. and where you can go because there's a lot of people who is experiencing savannah with you but at the same time you know even if you don't know where you're going you can pretty easily figure it out based on one the noise Two, the squares, and three, the smell. The worse it smell, the better the area probably is, right? <laughs> yeah, actually. Oh, so if you were if you were going into Savannah, like if you were traveling to Savannah, where would you stay? Matt. What's that? If you were going to Savannah, you want to stay there for like a week, where would you stay? What area? Don't know. <laughs> I never stayed in Savannah, actually, besides uh Fong's house. <laughs> <laughs> our tents house sorry we, and we, uh, uh go ahead i mean like we, we we've stayed in tybee um you've we seen stayed that. in tybee yes yeah. the, the tybee beach yes we stayed in the tybee beach area which is also very nice it's like about 15 20 minutes away from the main savannah area right anything special about tybee yeah it's about 15 20 minutes away yeah um i just have a uh, a lot of family memories there um is from my own family experience in Tybee Island is that it's not the cleanest of places from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I, 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 um, it's been a while. <laughs> I didn't think it was dirty, uh, but uh, Tybee's not, it's not going to be your commercial beach. Like it's a lot, it's kind of a local beach. I don't know if it's too much of a tourist attraction, but I never went there during tourist season for, for me uh, as being a local, I, I knew when to go there and it was, halfway empty all the time 
Um, when I went there, I loved it. The people there are amazing. The people you meet are amazing. The beach is always incredible, unless it's trash because a bunch of tourists showed up. Um, but I, I wouldn't necessarily call it dirty. If you stay there, there's nice hotels that are on the beach. If you're okay with walking a little bit, there's tons of Airbnbs there. Um, I, I think every time I go there now, I, I just get an Airbnb at this point just because the houses are so nice and it, it's, it's a very quiet neighborhood. Very easy to find your, uh, to find yourself, uh, find your way around as well. Um, what do you think, Tim? You know more about Tybee than both of us. Well, no, I, I was going to half defend Tybee and half agree with Matt, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I think that if you go to Tybee and you were from somewhere, say, the West Coast or the far Northeast uh, Bay Area or and the coastal areas or the Gulf in the Florida Panhandle, that if you went to Tybee, you would look at it and say, oh, man, this, is, this beach is dirty. Well, that's because there's a lot of reed grass that's being washed up onto the beach and that area of the Atlantic is extremely murky, right? Uh, so you can't see your feet, even though you're only ankle deep, but the beaches in Savannah isn't, they're not as touristy as they are in say Destin or Panama city beach, because one of the things that Tybee has done really well was that they protected themselves from commercialization. Many of the businesses on Tybee are still locally owned. So because they're locally owned, they're not going to drive this high amount of revenue to where the city can tax the, the larger companies to go out and rake their sands every single day of cigarette butts and everything else. Now, if you go to Tybee, you typically don't find cigarette butts or, or, uh, or beer cans, right? Tybee is actually pretty clean, right? Unless, if, yeah. you know, we have some major party afterwards, but the cleanup crew comes in afterwards, just like they would do at Panama City Beach and clean up Tybee. But when you're going to something like Pensacola or Panama City Beach, where the water is green, navy blue and clear, where you can go in chest deep and still see your feet. And then you go to Tybee and you can't see your feet ankle deep. You think, oh, well, Tybee's dirty. Well, no, the, that's the, the water's different. The, the geography is different. Uh, but here's the thing about Tybee. And I love Tybee, but I'm going to stab Tybee here because Tybee is very localized and they're, they're kind of, um, what is that word in politics, Andy, where, uh, where they hire all of their friends? Cronyism, right? The, the nepotism, nepotism. Okay. Maybe nepotism, but well, I was saying cronyism because nepotism's family cronyism is friends, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, right or wrong, I, I don't know. The thing about Tybee is, is that the businesses on Tybee are ran by small business owners. So, when Andy had his Airbnb out, was it a VRBO or was it Airbnb? Airbnb. A, a, a beautiful home. But uh, mm -hmm. I had rented a hotel room. I, I checked into a hotel on Tybee for my family because I had a dog and I didn't want to uh, disrupt Andy's wedding party. And when we stepped into the hotel room, the bottom of our, our feet were black because they can't be bothered to clean the floors because they have no real competition, right? So in small beach towns like Tybee, they don't have the same standards as Panama City Beach or Pensacola does. But the thing about Tybee is, is that because they don't have those standards, well, Andy and I, we can walk around the streets at 12, a.m. in the morning giving away crabs yep that's right, right. that actually <laughs> happened it was great good people you'll never meet a bad person in typing when you're giving away your crabs 
<laughs> the kind hey, you eat. Crabs? <laughs> Not those kind of crabs. But, okay, so, so guys, if if uh, pretend we were all still living there, if you had family and friends um, come visit, what's what's one or two things you take them to while they were there? They've never been to Savannah before. Okay, Matt, can um, I? Okay, go ahead. Go shoot. <laughs> no, I think he knows what I want about to say. <laughs> Go ahead, Ten. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. All right. All right. So, if if you're visiting Savannah, I think that if you're visiting Savannah, you should not just enjoy the commercialized scene of Savannah, but also the natural scene. Savannah for family may only be good for one or two trips. You can only go to Fort Pulaski so many times. If you're a historical buff and your family loves history, Savannah is a great place for history. If your family loves food, it's a great place for food. If you want to experience the extreme tides of the Atlantic and the barrier islands and the marshes of Savannah and the dolphin tours that we have there, if you go there one, two, or three times, you can cover all of that. But once you cover all the tourist traps that are in Savannah, whether you guys agree with me or on this or not, you guys can rebut me, but I think after you get those checked off your list, Savannah becomes a very adult town where it's really hard to enjoy Savannah unless you're the drinking age and you enjoy the bar scene because that's where really Savannah really thrives, right? We have a lot of bars. We have a lot of great bars on River Street and Broad Street. But once you go, once you're done with everything else, that's the ferry, Fort Pulaski, Tybee, Skio, and all that other stuff, there's not much left to Savannah to enjoy with your family who are not all able to drink. So if you're a couple who's there without kids or you don't have kids or if you're single, man, Savannah is the best party town you can get into, even better in New Orleans, because I think within the grid of downtown Savannah, it's relatively safe, right? So, yeah, I, I, I think that if you're coming into Savannah first, to answer your question, Andy, coming into Savannah first, you got to do a ghost tour, man. They suck, but you got to do a ghost tour. But you got to visit the forts, the Civil War forts. There's the train museum. There's the Jepson Museum of Art. SCAD, the Savannah College of Art and Design, has done a tremendous job revitalizing our downtown area in Savannah. You got to go see the dirty beaches, but you got to go see the dirty beaches twice, right? Because you, you have to do it at low tide and you have to do it at high tide. Because if you... Smell. Yeah, right. It, 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 <laughs> it, I, I miss that smell, but it's awful. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. If you're in... And Matt, how close are you to the water in uh, Singapore? I was on an island. <laughs> Actually, no, I... <laughs> About 45 minutes, 40 minutes. Okay. So based on your Hinesville and Savannah experience of 45 minutes, you probably never see the ocean. <laughs> nah. When, if you were, if you were, <laughs> if you were in the Gulf of Mexico, the difference between a high tide and low tide isn't that dramatic, right? It, it, it barely moves. But if you're in the Atlantic and you see the high tides and the low tides in Savannah, it's pretty fantastic. You can get into areas in Savannah that you can't in low tide that you can't get in in high tide. So as a family, yeah, Andy, I, here's the thing: you, you got to go visit the Skio, which is Skidaway Island Aquarium. You got to go visit the Tybee Island Marine Science Center. 
You got to visit Fort Pulaski, Fort Jackson, and then you got to do your downtown tour, whether it's a ghost tour or a city tour, the trolley tours, right? Learn about the history of Savannah because we got what? Juliet Gordian Lowe, which is uh, the founder of uh, Girl Scouts, right? We had, so, yeah. yeah w- w- what was that building? Um, well, we got Tomachichi's Rock. Most people don't know about Tamashiji. You don't want, and then you know we have a lot of different historical buildings that are really worth visiting down there because they're just so beautiful. The the antebellum architecture in Savannah is not matched by any other city in the United States. Matt, what about you? Like wherever my, whenever friends and family come to visit us, my limited experience has always been River Street. That's right. That's the name of it, right? River Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got River, it. Riverwalk. Yeah, sorry. It's been a long time. Riverwalk. What you <laughs> do when you get there. <laughs> I moved for uh, for context. I moved out of the area when I was 18 years old. <laughs> so I've been so, overseas. So what's what's significant then. about River Street that you remember even now? Or Riverwalk? River <laughs> River Street. <laughs> it's walking down along the river, obviously. And then having access to a lot of touristy uh small shops owned by mom and pops at least that's the feel i got from them and uh just kind of leisurely walking going to different places and um just in gen- the general vibe of it and uh enjoying the seafood um and I, that was river street is actually my first experience with uh raw oysters yeah yeah and my gra- oyster bar there yeah i don't know if it's still <laughs> yeah. there so, Olympia, Olympia Matt, restaurant. Andy, oh, do, do, before you go on, let me do this. On River Street, there are a couple of things that I think that our listeners should know. Number one, Savannah is one of the largest ports in the world. I think we're number three, maybe four in the United States. And you get to see some of the largest container ships come through River Street because that's where they go. They go pass through River Street into Fort Wentworth where they unload their boxes. So you get to see a lot of large cool ships in river street the other thing is that river street is not asphalt or concrete it's made of cobblestone that were laid by slaves those were the original stones that were laid by slaves and they're still there and if you're drunk there's a very good chance you're going to twist your ankle but because you're drunk you're not going to sprain your ankle right because you have more flexibility and the buildings (laughs) are also extremely extremely old back all the way until the time of uh, when you know savannah was found and savannah was the original capital of georgia right? right there there is a place that is not on river street but maybe one road over river street called pirate house where they have tunnels leading down into the bottom of river street where the pirates used to be able to escape into their ships and leave the, used to be a huge holding area for pirates like there was dedicated basements made for pirates to store their stuff so that it wouldn't be caught by authorities like the whole really? river street has a rich history rich rich history of trading um and like this conflict between government uh traders and pirates uh it's it's absolutely incredible and all of that is actually available on river street there's placards there You'll always find some tour that's going on, whether you paid for it or not. If you sit somewhere for 10 minutes, one will pass you and you will hear it. Um, and it's just fun to watch. Uh, I, I assume the Waving Lady statue is still there too. Really fun statue to go look at, read the story about why she's there. Um, like like Tin was talking about, the, the container ships are really fun to watch them come through. Um, 
it's worth going to. I don't, I wouldn't say I would maybe a third of the shops are pretty touristy. Um, the rest of them are kind of restaurants, uh, bars. There's a, I'm not sure if it's still there, but I think it's called wet willies. They, you get like a frozen dessert that was made of alcohol. Um, I, name, you named an only chain that's on river street. Oh, wet willies is a chain. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's funny. That's hilarious. That's what I was like. Okay. I, like Most I of them aren't the chains. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, one one of the uh, one of Savannah's pride and true restaurants there, like Spanky's, probably not the greatest restaurants ever. But I would definitely take take uh, a take sad, a little minute. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I would take a minute and go in there. It's worth going to if you're on River Street. Just get some uh, junk food in your system. Um, and River Street itself, if you decide to like stay in the Savannah area, if you stay there, you kind of have a nice center spot to go. If you want to go to Tybee, you want to go into Savannah a bit more. Um, it's probably 20, 25 minutes from the two malls that are in Savannah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's right next to the highway. You can go into Pooler. Um, if you decide to go into the Okefenokee, you can find easy access that way too. What's it's a good... So the Okefenokee is a swamp. Um, it's significant for me because of, oh man, I forget the name of the kind of pig. There's a certain pig that lives in Okefenokee and you can take tons of tours to actually see these pigs, to see a lot of the wildlife in the Okefenokee and this place is huge, it's massive. Um, definitely well, okay. recommend it. Okay. I love Okefenokee nature. Like two hours, maybe an hour and a half south of Savannah, right? Yeah, but I mean that's not so bad. If you if you rent a car um, and decide to drive it, I, I think if you're if you have in the mindset that you're in Southeast Georgia and everything's about an hour and a half away, um, everything you'd want to do is going to be an hour and a half away. So I think rent a, rent yourself a car because we're talking about Savannah. I think you're you're robbing our listeners of something that's special in Savannah. I feel like you that did a really good a, list. That that's also starting with an O. Oh, oh. Island. I go for it. No, I, well, it's, I, it's just a, it's just an indigenous wildlife center that teaches, uh, well, well, it's basically a, a very low funded zoo, but very good people who work there that work with animal rehabilitation when they come into Oatland Island. Uh, but at the same time, they also have native animals in there that are part of this long trail that you can experience through the Savannah Marsh, right? and see the different native animals of savannah and it's really inexpensive to go into Oatland island several bucks i, I don't know what it is but uh, compared to everything else that's out there today but it's one of the gems in savannah that very few people talk about yeah no i i think i think you're 100 right and i think if you've never done it before you should definitely do it um i i think my my heart's with the okifinoki just because i i don't think you can ever get old of that place um just filling the ground there is an experience. Uh, the swamps in Georgia feel like sponge when you step on it, and it just comes right back up when you get off of it. It's 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 fun. Just go try it out. It's it's always going to be a good time. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there is there a good peach farm near Savannah? I think you might have to drive a good ways for a good peach farm to like Lane or something. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, think so. I, I think you see a lot more of cotton around the savannah yeah. area uh yeah. but but what about you man if if a family comes into savannah whether it's a family or somebody who's a single young professional or a couple what do you recommend them do in savannah so uh, i mean again like 
I'm I'm a foodie at heart. I, I'm always going to tell you to go try out specific restaurants. Okay. Um, what are they? I I wasn't I wasn't prepared for this. Like you knocked out my like three things in your gigantic list. So <laughs> I, I'm trying to go on memory here. There, there's there's a really my, one of my favorite restaurants in Savannah. I think it's called 1492, uh, 1772. Crap, I don't remember. Is Hang on, let me see if I can find this. Is the mansion. At yeah, Forsyth? the mansion. The mansion right. of Forsyth. Yeah, I actually I think if you type in the mansion at Forsyth, you'll get the restaurant. Um, it is probably the best food I had in Savannah. Um, everything's locally sourced, comes from, you know, the South Carolina, Savannah area. Uh, the chef there is amazing. The rest, the, uh, the menu changes, I believe like once a month or at least it used to, um, definitely worth a date night. Uh, it's one of those places that you'll see people dressed to the nines and you'll see people in shorts and flip-flops because you're in a coastal city. So, um, don't be intimidated about going, uh, super nice people, um, try to stay away from chains for the most part there's tons of good food there if you want like the traditional southern fare i'd look for cafeteria style dinings i'm not sure if sns cafeteria is still there but they used to have good southern food there it's i don't know i can't think of any oh boston market probably comes close but it's always they're they're all gone so piccadilly's and sns is they're both Savannah. Uh, so no, okay. Well, look, Forsyth, uh, the mansion out of Forsyth is fantastic. But when we're looking at Google, it's probably going to show four to five dollar signs, right? Uh, food yep. is fantastic. Yeah, very worth it. It, it. It's not only worth it, but it, Forsyth also has its own hotel, so you can have your That's own right. room at the mansion out of Forsyth. But at the same time, there. we have the best park right next to the mansion of Forsyth, which is Forsyth Park, right? And it's a beautiful park, great people who spend a lot of great time there. Uh, But when, okay, so so if my budget wasn't so high, Andy, um, local fare, not not SNS, because you can go, they're still in SNS and Macon, by the way. Uh, So so local fare in downtown Savannah or even suburb Savannah, what would you recommend? Oh man, if you want to go cheap, um, that's rough. Like Spanky's is definitely going to be up there. Sure, it's not going to be your mansion at Forsyth, but it's going to be decent food. It's going to be better than your your typical diner. Um, most anything on River Street, I would say, is probably good food. Uh, finding yourself in oh man, what's the name of that restaurant? Uh, there's an awesome restaurant near Damn the ortho mall okay I, like you i'm forgetting I'll, all these I'll names answer, i'll answer this question for you thank you all right <laughs> like i am i am blanking on all of this if you guys want inexpensive good locally owned food in savannah that's not seafood we'll get into seafood maybe Andy, you do that go to bnd burgers andy matt and myself we spent a lot of time at bnd burgers man you can find a bnd burgers in downtown savannah you can find one in Abercorn and suburbs of Savannah. They make the best burgers in Savannah that you can get. And they got the best crew and the best staff. It's the best. It's very customizable there, right? Yeah. From it, my, well, what I remember? It, I, I don't know because we were always drunk. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe the food was good. I don't know. We were always we were always drinking. They always had cheap beer. I'm pretty sure we had like three dollar yeah. pitchers or something. Well, yeah. You know, if you if you look at it, the B and D on Abercorn 
in suburb Savannah is surrounded by Applebee's Outback and other franchises. Right. But it's the only locally owned restaurant that's there. There's a, I think there's a sports bar across the street there, but B and D burger has been a pretty consistent staple for Savannah for decent to really good burgers. Uh, it's not seafood, you know, and sorry, excuse me. <coughs> Let me tell you guys the secret. This is that, and you guys know this when you come to Savannah, and you go on Saibi where it's really close to the water, you order the seafood. That shit ain't local, man. None of it's oh, yeah. local, right? Because yeah. it, there's and there are issues, there there are licensing issues and taxation issues that go through the process of serving local foods in the local restaurants to where local restaurants choose to serve foods that they're buying from purveyors like Cisco and United Foods and all these guys. You know, you go down Pensacola and they do the same thing. Um, but you can go in Pensacola, but they'll they'll cook your they'll cook your catch today. Not something that you you find in Savannah. Okay, in Savannah, when you go in Savannah for local seafood, downtown Savannah is where you really find that local food. Like Andy was talking about at Manchat Forsyth. You go to Tybee, you ain't gonna find that shit, bro. <laughs> it's not gonna exist. No, no, probably. I mean, no, I think you find dirty seafood in Tybee, and I yeah. think it's pretty good dirty seafood. Like, well, if you want yeah, yourself, like, look, a, a basket of fried shrimp, you, like, Tybee's probably a good place to go. And guess what? You have Spanky's and you order crabs, there's <laughs> crabs. And there ain't no snow crabs in the waters in Savannah. No. So there's a lot of snow crabs in Savannah, like for, at restaurants. There's no, like, actual snow crabs in the waters. I'm not sure why it's sold so much in the area. What we got next, it's bro? It's been so um, I, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I, I think we, we've got a pretty good foundation of the things that we've liked in Savannah, and we got a pretty good list for you to go in and research. I want to, um, I, I guess, come back and say, like, now that we've refreshed some of our memories, like, if you were to go back to Savannah today, you have six hours to spend, and you can only do one thing. What do you do? Uh, uh, 10 starts off. No, uh, let's give this to Matt first. All right, Sorry. go ahead. <laughs> I was trying to give him was, time to think. Yeah. No, no, I, 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 my, like I said, I have limited amount of experiences. So there's only a few places I know. <laughs> so I would say River Street would be the one of the first few places I would go. That's mainly because of nostalgic reasons. And I, I still, even though it's a touristy kind of area, I feel it's very nice and easy place to walk around and and I really enjoy the environment and feel of the area and then plus after that you can just walk around the parks that are very close by and like Bonk or Ten said that earlier that is very easy or very difficult to to lose yourself around the area so I feel like I would go back to River Street it's nice I enjoy it even though if it, even if it's touristy there 10 what do you got okay so i think if i had you said six hours yeah it's six hours like okay. you have it you have a day you have a day so, all right so if let's not even look at a day let's look at six hours if i had six hours in savannah i would go to i would google one of the marinas in savannah and i would rent a boat i would rent a boat with some fishing gear and purchase my non-resident or resident temporary fishing license for two or three days I go catch some fish, get some shrimp, go out to the beach that nobody's at, whether it's the Fuskies or Turtle Island or anywhere else. 
rock up a barbecue and eat some really good seafood, man. Because the fish and the shellfish that you catch in Savannah, when you catch it and eat it right there, nobody can cook seafood as good as you can. When you catch that yourself, go into the beach with the people that you love, whether it's your friends or your family, and really enjoy the beauty of Savannah for what it is, right? Because you won't find that anywhere else unless if you rent a boat. And half a day is six hours. So you got six hours, go rent a boat for 300 bucks. That's all it costs. Go out there and catch fish and just eat the shit out of it. Because guess what? When you, have, when you go into Atlanta or D.C. or Singapore, I don't know how much seafood is in Singapore, Matt, but uh, when we're inland, I can't buy a sea bass here in Atlanta because when I look at the price, it's $18 a pound when I can go to Savannah and catch myself a sea bass and have fun doing it. So I don't care how much it costs me in gas in Savannah to go out and do that, right? Because that's part of the process is enjoying what Savannah has to offer. You know, a lot of us live in inner United States where we fish inside lakes and we don't usually eat the small and largemouth bass. But when we go into the coastal city and catch these different types of fish, shellfish, whatever it is that we find, because we can find whelks too in Savannah, Snails for escargot and periwinkles and blue crabs, which is fantastic, better than, uh, was it snow crabs? And the, mm -hmm. the selection mm -hmm. of fish that we get in Savannah, man, it's so hard to not just shack up on some shore, some sandy shore in Savannah that and, and cook your food. I don't know if you guys seen this uh, series on Netflix called The Outer Banks. They actually shot The Outer Banks in uh, Charleston. But that doesn't take away from the fact that they're still on barrier islands, right? The Outer Banks, Charleston, Savannah, St. Simons, these are all barrier islands, and we can all experience the same thing. Man, it's the same beauty, man. This is the same thing that Bubba Gump and Forrest Gump really built his life on, right? This is that you can take shrimp, and you can make that thing. You, you can cook shrimp in 100 different ways, and it'd be really fantastic because here's what I can tell you. I was just in New Orleans a couple of weeks ago. And they may try to claim that lo the low country boil is theirs, but you come to Savannah, man, oh, no. you can't beat our low country boil. No, I, I don't. I, can't. I don't care what you say. You can't beat it. And we have tons of different names. So for you Yankees who haven't heard of a low country boil, it's also called Frogmore Stew. Um, I mean, oh man, there, there's like five or six different names for it, and it kind of just depends where what uh, what area you're from from the southeast um i think uh, in louisiana they call it a crawfish boil but yeah no nothing comes close to a low country boil each but one of them uses different ingredients it, that's the thing man andy those are heathens because we don't put crawfish oh, yeah. in a fucking low country boil mm -hmm. I mean, what's wrong with it right so <laughs> anyways uh that's that's my thing is is that i agree with you andy uh i agree with you matt i think people need to experience savannah for what it is you can't do it in a short trip uh, but if you could come back several times in your life, you got to try it all, but you really got to try nature for what it is. What's next, bro. So, so I uh, like, I'm glad you ended with nature. Like I I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm more of the simple kind of guy. So, uh, like where Matt and Tin will go out and actually do something with their time. I'm going to get fat and drunk. So my thing is I'm probably going to go to mansion on Forsyth. I'm going to have myself a nice little mill and then I'm going to drive myself over to Tybee Island, pop a squad on the beach right next to the bar, get myself a little basket of fries and 
continuous uh, whiskey and just sit on the beach and read and just sit there. That's not bad. And I would, I would enjoy every single minute. of it. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I, I think like, and I think it's important to know that I, I was, I was raised there. So I, I've seen a lot of the sites. If I'm going there by myself, I'm just going to relax. I'm going to enjoy Savannah for what it is. Um, there's a smell in Tybee that I've never been able to find anywhere else, especially with that low tide. Uh, and it, it's, it's, it's worth going. Uh, you'll get that smell in um, uh, River Street too. So you don't need to make that special trip. Uh, I just have a, I, I, I love Tybee. Let me ask um, you something. Yeah. Oh, why did you choose traveling in Savannah? Savannah, as in plain sight. I think Savannah is a really good topic for in plain sight just because it's talked about a lot. Um, people will always say, oh, yeah, if you, you know, oh, you went to Georgia, cool. Did you go to Atlanta? No. Did you go to Savannah? Um, for people like Matt and I, when people say, where are you guys from? And they're from the States. We don't say Hinesville. Nobody knows Hinesville. <laughs> we say we're from Savannah. Like, oh, what part of Savannah? And we're like, we're like 30 minutes outside yes. of Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody understands Savannah, especially with Food Network and, um, uh, a lot of the more like uh, uh, shows that are coming around, you hear about Savannah a lot. And I think it's nice to say we have a very touristy centric kind of area. And I, I believe a lot of tourists end up in the wrong part of Savannah, especially when they end up at our malls. Don't come to Savannah for our malls. <laughs> it's a waste of your time. Um, come for the nature, come for the food, come for the culture, like actually see the culture, get out of if you're near the mall area, you're on the wrong side of a Santa Savannah, just get out of there, get on Arbicorn, just keep driving till you hit river. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's, that to me was an important part for why we should be talking about in plain sight for Savannah. Did that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. So I, I think uh, I I'm going to end this light. Let us all have a little bit of a final word. We're going to end with Tim. So, and we're going to start with Matt. Yeah, no, you're not because, uh, <laughs> although we're hitting our time limit here uh where the fucking ghost tours man uh, you know no, well, yeah. no <laughs> don't please don't no the ghost tours are such a waste it, it is it, it's such a waste of time you, you know i, I want to see ghosts there, there's a book called um secret garden of something something um, good secret garden of good and evil oh i thought you said ew <laughs> <laughs> yeah with, with, with everybody has that iconic little lady with the scales on that's yeah. sitting in the square so, it's, so yeah so yeah before midnight and the garden of midnight there, there we go, go. So, yeah. so before we end this this well, episode kill me <laughs> before we end this episode so so what's the deal with all these ghost tours in savannah man what's the deal with it i don't know yeah. you tell do, me i think they're a waste i think discovery channel and freaking wait hang um, on no have, i've never have seen any those. one of you guys been on one of these ghost tours because i have oh i have not no i have not okay. i always wanted to what what's wrong with you? <laughs> no how, how can you guys criticize these ghost tours and not know if you see ghosts or not because i've been on one of these ghost tours and i can tell you that with 100 confidence you won't see a ghost <laughs> No, because you know why? 
ghosts aren't fucking real. <laughs> um, the cemeteries are beautiful, though. Yeah, but are. whenever you go to Savannah, you always see advertising for these tours, I and they're like. always packed to the rim of people. I'm like, why yeah. did you waste your money? Well, you know, like, yeah. I, I love it because Savannah's economy is, unless you're working ghosts. at ports, it's this thin, right? And yeah, that's true. The, the economy relies on tourism. The ghost tours, any I, Matt, I think that. Even though we don't get to see ghosts, I think it's very worthwhile to go spend your money on a ghost tour. Why? Because we're not sponsored by these tour companies anyways. The reason why it's worthwhile is because the reason Savannah thrives is because of tourism. And that's why we have St. Patrick's Day, the second best. I say we're the first best, St. Patrick's Day. And then we have seafood festivals. And uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but uh, Miley Cyrus did this movie in Savannah on Tybee Island uh, called The Last, whatever it's called. Uh, but oh, she, yeah. she, she started a seafood festival that happens now every single year on Tybee because of it. Okay. Um, and we know somebody in her movie that played the hands on the piano. They went uh, to uh, school with us. Oh, you mean the hands on the piano? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Yeah, who cares? Was it Phil? Who cares? Oh, no. uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Random thought. Fun fact. Fun fact. Apparently, it's fun. So fun. So fun. By the way, <laughs> the, church, the church that she got married at, at in that movie, The Last Song or whatever it's called, uh, is on Tybee. And you can rent it as your wedding destination. Oh, nice. Very cool. <laughs> Which, it's, by the way, so Ma- Magic Magic Mike was also on Savannah. Uh, by the way, I'm surprised you didn't. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't mention Redgate Farms, Andy. Uh, which we don't have to get we're already today. 10 minutes over time yeah i know that i know that. <laughs> all right Andy, close it up so like i i want everybody to have a final word i'm gonna let everybody do it like put it in like 20 30 seconds for everybody out there if you're if you're looking for things to do in savannah and you're trying to figure out a time to go um, the city of savannah actually has a really cool events calendar um that you can go on there there's festivals all the time and all of them really worth going to um there's a really cool asian festival that tin's son actually uh, participated in a long time ago um i went to that was it was pretty awesome um there's festivals for uh uh july 4th there's the there's one at the train station the old train station there and at the historical site it's really really cool Forsyth um, has tons and tons of things that go on all the time. Um, Fort Pulaski also has a ton of stuff. They do reenactment reenactments. They used to do it twice a day. I don't know if they're still doing it that often, but that's also worth seeing. Um, but uh, put in your research. The the city, the, the municipal sites definitely have a lot of stuff. And they, they can tell you exactly what's going on and when. I would definitely plan your vacation there around those times. Um, Matt, last word. Um, I would say that, like, no matter where you go in Savannah, I would just say just take your time and enjoy it. Walk around the area. Enjoy the general feel of Savannah. And um, just enjoy your experience, because I feel like it's, Savannah has a unique feel to it. That's the most Savannah. bullshit response I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but that's great. <laughs> uh, spent most of his time at the Rocket of Mars. And we did yeah. one of the services. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's the disclaimer. Annie and I, we uh, drank 12 hours in uh, 
downtown Savannah in twelve. Twelve. Yeah, we went past twelve. So, is it my last word now? Is that no, what no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to go next, and I'm, I'm going to let you have the uh, very last. Um, I like Savannah to a little bit differently than what you see, uh, what you can research. I will say. I enjoy just watching Savannah. And by that, I mean, I like going to a lot of the squares and just sitting on the bench, grabbing a book and just living it there. Um, I prefer to live life a little bit slower than a lot of people. So I I enjoy those moments where I could just sit still and just watch things happen. Um, I would do the same thing on River Street. I recommend you do do that. Um, I recommend checking. Yeah. I recommend checking out the, um, the nature scene in there. If you're a fan of nature, Savannah might not be your top choice, but it's a good home base. If you're bringing your family, um, and a good way for you to go visit like the Okefenokee swamp, um, uh, uh, the, the, the rivers nearby there's, there's tons, there's tons of things to do. If you like nature, there's just, there's an abundance. Um, I'd like to go through them all, but uh, honestly, if you just look through the area, you'll find them. Enjoy your time there. Don't don't try to rush through everything. You're not going to see everything. Find a few things that you like the most and just dedicate time to go see those things and just experience what it means to be there. Uh, take time to read and just, for me, sit, listen, and watch. Um, with that said, I'm going to give it over to Tim. Okay, so I think that if... You were going to take Andy's advice and go two hours to the Okefenokee that you have a lot of options, right? You have Hilton Head, you have Charleston, you have Jacksonville, you have St. Simons, you have Cumberland, you have um, Jekyll Island, and you have a lot of barrier islands. Jekyll. Jekyll. You, most people from there will say Jekyll with a G. It's just so you know, in case people you start asking around, not Summer Jacob. Waves, Summer Waves Island. Summer um, Waves Island. Island. So, it, yeah, I think that there are a lot of really great places near Savannah. If you're willing to travel two hours, if you're basing yourself in Savannah to go to these different spots. You know, the, the, the great thing about Savannah that makes it different from everywhere else is that you, you get everything that you can get from other barrier islands and not that and things that you can't get from the other barrier islands in savannah because savannah is the most commercialized and tourist area where you can really enjoy great food you can enjoy nature and you can enjoy nature as far as the ocean is concerned in savannah between dolphin tours the fishing charters the diving tours and all these other things that you can do in savannah that you can't do in jekyll island because there's Jekyll, Jackal, Jekyll, Jekyll, uh, that you can't do in that J Island because Jekyll is not as commercialized as Savannah is, right? There's not that many people living there. You can go to Charleston, but Charleston still doesn't quite have that commercialization of nature and downtown foodie and uh, libations and provisions that you have in Savannah. Savannah is kind of the centralized area that's not as far away in the Southeast as the Outer Banks is where you can really enjoy those type of natural scenes with the commercialized scenes. Uh, You can't go anywhere else in this world and see the dramatic tides and the marshes that Savannah offers. 
Savannah is special. It's not only special because of its natural landscape, it's special because of its history. We had mentioned pirates. We had mentioned about how Savannah was the original capital of Georgia and Tomachichi, who still has a tomb in Savannah that people say, if you walk around that rock three times and mention its name, he'll talk to you, which is a lie. Uh, and there's so many historical and You buildings. know it's a lie. I don't, because I've never actually circled it three times. Uh, but there's so many historical sites in Savannah that is the basis of American culture that makes Savannah worthwhile going to, right? And I, I think that's what makes Savannah special. This is that if you're in Atlanta, if you're in New York, if you're in Alabama, California, wherever it is that you are, I don't know if you guys know this, but Savannah made it in the top 100 places in the world to visit. And that's special. It's special because when you're in Savannah as tourists, not as a resident, as tourists, it is a fantastic place to experience. It's, it's extremely liberal to the idea of what it is that you want to be and who you want to express yourself as, as an art. But at the same time, it preserves a lot of American history of how the South and the Southeast became what it is today. And then the food, as much good food as we have and the diversity of food, it's still a very Southern influence, right? You can't get this stuff anywhere else. If you go up to Atlanta, if you go out to Dallas, if you go up to D.C., <laughs> Singapore, you're not going to get soul food in the way you are going to get soul food in Savannah. And though Nolo and different places in New Orleans and Louisiana might say, hey, you know, they, they might be better at Boudin and other things like that than Savannah is, but Savannah is very good at their local foods. Oh, and Savannah has a better beignet by it, far. Well, you know, but nobody else sells uh, Boudin except for Louisiana. That's true. Yeah. So in, in, in plain sight, this is... I, I think that Savannah is a very inexpensive place to visit because, you know, Andy, you mentioned travel earlier and we're running over time. So I'm going to finish it up this up in six seconds is that, look, you don't have to come to Savannah and stay at the mansion at Forsyth. We have some beautiful campgrounds here. We have Fort McAllister. We have Skidaway Island. We have Tybee Island that you can come rent out a cabin or put a tent there, pull your travel trailer, whatever it is that you want to do. You, you're still within the vicinity of getting into downtown Savannah, Tybee Island, and all the experiences that you can get that really gives this very island the value that it really gives you. And that's There's even a, a KOA, uh, like 15 minutes right, out Richmond of Hill. Savannah. My sister's yep. there tonight. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yep. So uh, with that said, guys, uh, this has been episode three in Traveling Savannah. Uh, we hope you got something out of this. Um, I'm going to leave this off the way that Tin did the last episode by asking Matt, what are we talking about next week? Thanks, man. That's what I was going to ask Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about next week? Well, you have Lassie in between the silverback gorilla and the hippopotamus and the... <laughs> talk about next week or talk about animals and the zoo <laughs> no um so we talked about food we talked about travel so so here here's let's make this clear this is not the travel episode this is the start of our travel series yeah. right yeah. because savannah is just okay. one gym in what we can find in the united states well, i thought, so, I thought we brought them out to then to travel in the states 
Oh, because that would, uh, we, we want to make 45 minute episodes. <laughs> <laughs> like it was hard to get us, get okay. Savannah into 45 okay. minutes. <laughs> okay. Let's go from Savannah to Georgia then. How about that? Holy fuck. That yeah. I couldn't talk about Atlanta in two hours. <laughs> Atlanta. Let's go to Atlanta. So, so okay. <laughs> I know what, 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 what about, look, you're going to, you're going to be hosting it, man. So what about like education? So, What's that? Oh. What about what about education? You want to be hosting it, so do something that Here's you know. Your question, by the way, by saying what's that bong, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you, how about how about uh, learning a language? Okay. okay. All right. How is that? How like you? Okay, that's cool. I'm down. You want to uh, take a beat and then uh, introduce that again, so it doesn't sound whoa, like we uh, coached okay. it up. <laughs> so okay, Here, here's the what? What's that? Fong, by the way, listeners, I have two first names. Tin Fong, whatever. Have you guys heard of Xiao Man? I've heard of Xiao Man. Xiao Man is uh, <laughs> it's a, a white guy that lives in New York that has a YouTube channel that speaks different languages. And one of the videos that I saw just today was he went into Arizona to speak. He learned the Navajo language and went to Arizona to speak with the Navajo. And it was, it was really, really cool to see because, you know, the Navajo, they don't expect any one of us to care to learn their languages. And Xiaoman did that. So he goes down to Navajo during COVID and he's speaking with these people in their native language. And they're taking them, taking Xiaoman through things that you and I and all of us here wouldn't be able to see. Right. Because he showed that he cared about their culture enough to learn their language, to converse with them on a very basic level. And, and so, OK, you, you teach English as a second language. So this, this this podcast is about in plain sight. Right. It's about teaching the typical American about experiencing something close to home, whether it's knowledge, travel or I don't remember what that third thing was saying. Um, so, 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 give us a good third episode because, I, you know, I live in Atlanta, what? and what it sucks. Is. I don't think Atlanta's Atlanta is worthwhile. Atlanta does not suck. No, like I definitely think Atlanta. I wouldn't live there, um, but I think it's worthwhile. I think Atlanta is a food mecca. Uh, yeah, so I think Atlanta's worthwhile to visit. I don't think it's in plain sight. It's a metropolitan metropolitan area, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, what is something that most people in the United States wouldn't consider obvious to them to visit or to experience? Because I think learning a second it. language kind of gets yeah. us there. Uh, uh, no, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I I I don't I I don't know how. Like, I'm glad I'm not hosting it because I don't know how you get that down to 45 minutes. And I don't know how you narrow the topics into uh, things that we can discuss. But that's well, Matt's problem. Well, I was going to say, it's Matt's problem. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. For the record, I did not know about this until just now. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about it last week. You should have listened to the last episode. God damn it. <laughs> what are we doing, Matt? ESL? What's that? ESL? English as a second language. Yes, I teach English take, to Chinese take, students. Take take a beat, and but then not talk anymore about... apparently because of <laughs> regulations. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we don't need to be bitter on the episodes, though. Let's, no, uh... sorry, but I, <laughs> I do. I do really enjoy teaching English, though. Okay. Even right. though I don't have, they probably have a better grasp of English grammar than I do. <laughs> so, what are we expecting episode four, Matt? Uh, why we should at least attempt to learn a second language. I like it. Because yeah. that's right. knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will give a spoiler alert. I have failed on many occasions, but I, I'm prepared <laughs> to talk about this. Yes. <laughs> I enjoy it. I've, I've attempted a few languages and never became anywhere close to fluent on any of them, but it's, it was a fun experience and it was fun to talk to people in a language. Fair enough. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us for episode three. We look forward to seeing you guys next week when we talk about what it means to learn a second language and whether or not it's right for you. Uh, we'll see you then. Um, have a good one. All right. Peace. Okay. That was, <laughs> I, I think that was a good episode, I don't, guys. It's, it's I a, think so, like, too. I'm okay with it. Like, I don't like the whole, the teaching thing. Like I felt awkward, like 90% through it because I felt like I had to tell, like impart some kind of knowledge that I had. Um, I think you need to though. The first two episodes felt like conversations and I liked it. Like I felt like, you know, it was just two, like three guys talking, although we went way over time. But I think it it depends on what your, what your purpose is, right? Like I, I'm not sure if I really fully understand like what you guys are going for. Like I enjoyed both the, episodes. The, the purpose of this for podcast is for us for to drink and talk. Yeah, right. We're not yeah. going for anything, man. Because okay, okay, it. okay. You know, Andy, if this works, it works. Yeah. If it doesn't, yeah. we get to hang out <laughs> the, and talk. And then I think it's fine no matter what happens, you know, as long as the, as long as we're talking. You you two guys are my only drinking buddies. So you know, <laughs> that's Same. the only thing I care about, right? And, and right. yeah. It, it, whether people listen to us or not, we don't know. The thing is is that we have to kind of get better about how we clickbait the titles and the description of the podcast. I didn't put a description in the last two podcasts, but I will put one into this one. That way we can hit like, uh, you know, the pirate house and some of the other Fort Pulaski, the things that we mentioned inside the episode that's relevant to what we're doing so that when people are searching for Savannah and they're looking at pink house or they're looking at uh, Fort Pulaski, that we roll up into the algorithms, right? So, you know, this is a learning process for us. We're, we're not trying to focus down or really make a, a, a fully produced podcast from what we're doing now. What we're trying to do is we're trying to make content so that number one, YouTube says, okay, these guys are here, but then we learn how to refine our content to help people search for what we're doing so that they can find what we're doing. So if they're going to Savannah and they're driving four, six, seven, eight hours to Savannah, or they're doing a cross country trip so that their ultimate destination is Savannah, that they can listen to our podcast and say, okay, well, you know what? These guys mentioned these different spots is worthwhile because eventually that'll roll into potential sponsorship, right? Well, yeah, I, I think that eventually there is a commercialization aspect to this, but until then, we just kind of have fun with it. Because- yeah, right, but I remember, remember that like before this, the second episode, was it? Yeah, before the second episode started, he said, no, the first episode was with you guys no, no, alone, before, right? Before the second episode was the first. I was just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but no, no, you mentioned to me before we started the second episode.